Red on Red. This week in the podcast, we're joined by Ushin Dunin, songwriter and frontman of Cork Psych Rockers Annie Joy.
Altered Hours with On My Tongue, taken from their EP of the same name, and Laurie Shaw with Chaos Kisses. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien, and this week we're joined in studio by Annie Joy, frontman, songwriter, and CEO, Oshin Deneen. Oshin, how are you doing, boss? Good, how are you, Mike? Can't complain at all now. You've had a busy time of it lately. A new single of yours just released via a live session video uh, recorded at the Bubble Rooms as of recent, released via your social media last week, I think it was? Yep. How have you found the reaction to it? Uh, Good, yeah. It was different for us. It's the first time we kind of put our faces to the songs we record, so... yeah. I uh, usually kind of keep it abstract and anonymous, but you know, there's some nice animated that. videos with your with your music attached to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done that's kind of the the usual we've done, but um, this time I think uh, we said we'd uh, have a bash of trying to f- translate it live and put our faces to it and uh, see if we scare anyone away. You know, Owen Hayes on recording yeah. and directorial duties as well did a fantastic job. Like, what's it like working with him? Yeah, so we kind of like just dumped him in it really like um, said can you come around for an hour or whatever and uh, kind of set us up and he was kind of uh, in charge with of engineering like but we hadn't told him which song we were doing or anything and he just kind of had to uh, keep on track of everything like and uh, make sure everything was running smoothly while we've just essentially played live for it could have been 90 minutes I think and then afterwards we're like okay this is what we want to use so he was he was brilliant that way We'll talk a little bit more about new material and the session in a wee bit. First of all, let's dial it back a little bit. Annie Joy isn't your first rodeo, obviously. We've kind of done this thing before in the podcast where when we've spoken to people for the first time, we've kind of gone a little bit into their earliest musical experiences and influences to try and get a sense of kind of what's informed the music that they're now bringing to the city's community. Well, how far do I go back? <laughs> as far as you want. Yeah, well, um, well, like I've played in bands and stuff since I was a teenager, I guess. Um... Like, limited success in, in most of those ventures, shall we say. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I suppose um, I'd always been a kind of a guitar band guy, indie guy, um, influenced, like, early on by the likes of the Smiths and that kind of stuff, Blur, that kind of crack. And mm. then um, I suppose I didn't really start writing properly, though, until, I guess, I went to college. Like, I, w- I would have been, like, playing in bands as, like, let's say, the singer, guitarist or whatever didn't really kind of nail down my own songwriting until maybe late teens, early 20s. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I started playing with friends in college and that. We are in a couple of bands. Yeah, I think like the first kind of serious venture into a kind of a band or a bit of a mess of a band, I suppose, but a great crack all the same was like Cajole and Bully back, like, I don't know when that was, no, early noughties. And then um, a few kind of like I suppose bedroom projects like with other friends then after that maybe going into a bit more kind of electronic stuff when we thought guitars weren't cool anymore mm. but um, then uh, moved to America when I came back um, got the grow back for guitar music and uh, started a band with our current bassist Ronan McCann from uh, Carry By Waves and uh, Painted By Numbers and Painted By Numbers yeah and uh, and my brother, uh, Ronan, who was kind of like venturing into playing drums. So I was like, as a bet, I was like, look, if you, you know, can commit to learning the drums properly, I'll start a band with you. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we started a band called Partisan Crowds. 
and it was just like a three piece and we just kind of did everything live but it was good crack didn't get a whole lot down recording but um learned a lot from kind of playing we played a fair chunk of live gigs with them i remember seeing you at one stage yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah we got around a bit like um but it was it was fun because like the, we had a load of songs and none of them were really recorded and they changed every gig like so mm. it was one of those just kind of like for the fun of it bands or whatever mm. but um and then uh that kind of whatever faded out as things do and um then I think it was around 2016, like I'd always been a kind of a, a demo maker, I guess, make make a lot of demos in my bedroom and that, and uh, I mean, showing them to people, people were like, oh, I'll go do something with this, and I was like, no, <laughs> the game is up, we've moved on, but uh, I, I think around 2016, I was like looking at a lot of the stuff I had and was like, there was bands like... Um, kind of parquet courts that were kind of doing this post-punk revivalist kind of stuff that was coming back into fashion and I was like yeah I'm gonna try and get a piece of this like so got back in that's the kind of a lucrative my, market yeah <laughs> my, my bread and butter so uh, I was like yeah like I'm gonna uh, have a go off this again um, and kind of that was kind of the start of Annie Joy really in terms of as you say taking a post-punk influence and kind of expanding upon it a bit because there is elements of indie pop evident throughout Annie Joy's music, as much as there is that kind of warm psychedelia that kind of permeates it. Um, Parquet Courts aside, 2016 is also like a very busy time for post-punk in Ireland. The Altered Hours just released their first uh, LP. Girl band are kind of approaching the height mm-hmm. of their powers. Kind of, What are your thoughts as these old ideas are coming together, you're coming together with new ones and kind of you know, you're bringing these ideas together into this this post-punk project. What was it like getting those ideas kind of consolidated and in that space and then taking them to the people you had been chatting with? Yeah, so, um, like, seeing bands like that, like, as you mentioned, Alter Hours and the Girl Band or whatever, they're just so expressive, so big energy, like, as in, we all go to these gigs and we're all blown away by them. Mm. And uh, I was kind of like, I was never like, oh, I can do this. It was just more of a, um, let's explore that genre or whatever and see like um, what we can come up with ourselves now a lot of I wouldn't say like all our, my influences would be post-punk like I like a lot of melodic um, guitar indie music like mm. um, more kind of psych stuff like I like into Deer Hunter bands like that uh, in America like Bradford Cosk is a massive influence um, but uh yeah, like I, I'm not sure I was ever like trying to emulate anything or ever trying to. Oh no, I wouldn't like. I wasn't intimating that at all. But it's just along the lines of you know, it's contemporaneous to the spirit of the times. Oh, like absolutely. Like, as in there's definitely an energy. Like when bands like that start coming out of the woodwork, like and, mm. and getting um, traction or whatever. So, um, I guess for us or whatever, or for me, it was like I kind of was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna write. I'm gonna make demos. I'm gonna get a few people together and see see what happens. Like, and here we are. Those early jams where you're kind of finding collaborators, making sure that it comes together, and then whipping those kind of earliest ideas into shape. What was that process like? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the first few months were kind of tetchy. Well, not like kind of uh, hard to get through. If you get what I mean, because it's like. Yeah. The songs, I suppose, would be uh, demoed, kind of um, 
by me and I'd, I'd know I'd be very familiar with them or whatever but then like bringing them to the lads who wouldn't be as familiar you kind of want to give them enough space to kind of do with it what they what they want like but I remember at the start like um, like R- Ronan was always up for bassist or whatever like it was it was hard enough to find a drummer eventually we got Dara so then it was me Dara and Ronan just trying to get the bedrock down with the songs and uh, it was great but it was kind of uh, I suppose you're unsure at times you know you're not sure where it's going to go or, or, or how um, are you going to do the songs justice or are you going to make them better um, like what where's it going to go or whatever but um, as soon as we got kind of Colm on board then um, started you know things started to uh, kind of become clearer as to what it was going to sound like um, and uh, then we got Dave Nelligan on since uh, I think actually early on we had of the Dave Nelligan thing yeah exactly um, actually Dave, Dave joined us third time of asking if I remember <laughs> first time he was too busy second time he wasn't around and then the third time he eventually we broke him and he joined us perseverance paying off yeah, yeah. when we come back we'll talk a little bit about how the band's debut album came together but first we're going to go back to some tunes earlier on we did hear from the Altered Hours as well as the ever prolific Laurie Shaw and coming up now on the playlist that you've chosen for us is something of a cork power couple when it comes to post-punk and psych first off you have Elaine Malone's brand new single My Baby's Dead she's Elaine uh, yeah her stuff is class like um, she's got such a powerful voice really different range as well in the kind of styles that she does and then this new single she's got it's definitely got flavour of a few Cork influences you can kind of mm-hmm. hear um, all the produced by Cahill as well yeah, yeah yeah you can kind of hear that in there and it's that's no bad thing um so yeah, I just think it like actually it's a really infectious infectious tune as well. Mm. Like it really gets in your, your ear and you're kinda of humming along to it as well. Like so um yeah, she's she's deadly. You also have Arthritis with Let's Touch. Oh yeah. So uh Colum actually, the, the guitarist in our band did the video for that song. And uh he kind of got me interested in the stuff he does. I think he's amazing. Like um I was actually showing some of his stuff to um other lads and they were like, This is just so interesting and creative and, and, and odd and uh, he's like I've seen him live he's a real he's got serious swag on stage doesn't he he has Arthur Posse's something yeah like he's a, he's a badass um, but yeah I know he's a really interesting artist and that song is class as well it really reminds me of like um, like Outcast or something Do you know it's like he was really kind of like it's almost hip hoppy or solely or whatever he's doing like but uh, it's really really cool and only he could kind of reach into space to pull down that kind of influence yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. transmute it to the cork yeah. post-punk psych thing. We'll hear from him in a little bit, but first, this is Elaine Malone with My Baby's Dead here on Red on Red.
Thank you. The last case is furniture shop and the river league, not the hotel, the river. Arthritis with Let's Touch here on Red on Red, still joined in studio by Ushin Dunin, CEO, founder, CEO. magnate nice. of Cork Psych Indie Post Punkers, Annie Joy. And before the jump, we were talking a little bit about the earliest kind of process regarding Annie Joy and how things come together. By the time late 2017, early 2018 rolls around, um, the decision is made to go to a debut album uh, with Cycles. Maybe talk to us a little bit about kind of the earliest processes of deciding on, you know, a debut release to the scale of Cycles, how songs are kind of collated and kind of refined, you know, for final selection, and really just kind of the pre-production process for the record. Yeah, so um, being in like, I think most people have been in bands like where it's kind of a, it's a democracy or whatever, and, and people are kind of deciding like where to go. And like sometimes that works amazing, and if it does, you're very lucky that you can get a group of people together with a, a similar ideas and kind of push it forward uh, together. Yeah. Um, but usually that's quite slow. Well, I found it to be quite slow. I can kind of get stuck on ideas and whatever. But for this project or whatever, it was pretty much I was in the driving seat. So, um, like it's faster. Decisions get made quicker. Opinions are <laughs> less important in the recording process, anyway. Mm. Um, and then, like all kind of uh, the democracy happens then in, in the kind of live playing. So, um, putting like songs together for an album was kind of a uh, crazy decision in one way, but it was kind of a the, the easiest decision as well. In that, like. Um, the songs kind of worked together as a family. There was a story kind of running through. Um, so um, it was actually to the point where it got to a certain amount of music where it was like, oh, this actually, this is a mini album or this is an LP or this is a, a big EP or whatever. Like, So we just went decided straight to just like go all out and say, look, let's just do it. Um, In terms of the story that runs through, um, I suppose, the running order of the LP... Maybe take us into as much or as little detail as you'd like to, but certainly like some of the themes, specifically modernity, communication, etc. Maybe talk to us a little bit about what influenced those um, themes to manifest themselves on the record. Yeah, um, well, I suppose it's it's more of a theme than a, than a story or whatever, but uh, there's just kind of like a, kind of uh, similar themes run through songs, uh, themes of distraction, memory um, the kind of cyclical nature of pretty much everything like the creative process your day to day routine that kind of stuff Um, so yeah just kind of I think like for a project if you can kind of if you can kind of tie things down or kind of recognise when when a song is playing into this that theme or that idea or whatever Mm. the the record or whatever gets done kind of quicker do you know what I mean once the songs are arranged and everything's ready to go, take us through the recording process because, I mean, like, the end result is absolutely beautiful and kind of comes through with all of the intentions and hallmarks that you seem to have in mind. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, 
just the process of putting it down to tape? Uh, yeah, so I actually record everything myself, which is very lonely and crazy. <laughs> but um, it, it kind of works, I, I suppose, in terms of, of production. Um, Any help from super producer um, Ronan? Uh, more opinions than anything else because like we we work together on a lot of stuff and uh, it's great um, and we both have our own ways of, of doing things and I think for both of us it's great to just give each other feedback and ideas rather than kind of taking over control of things yeah um, so uh, he he definitely helped in, in kind of um, pointing out bugs before I was going to master and stuff like that which is excellent like and he's brilliant with EQ and stuff like that um, so having his kind of genius for that was really handy but um, if I think like if you give someone a, a project or whatever and you say what do you think of this they could come back to you with you know a million ideas or whatever like so you're, yeah. it's almost like you don't want to show someone the complete thing in case it changes too much or whatever yeah. like if you're happy with it or if, if it's in the ballpark so um yeah, what like the recording process for me was I kind of just made a studio at home as you do, um, and kind of uh, had a batch of demo songs and then just kind of built them back up from scratch once we decided which ones were going on the album, and um, yeah, that was it. It was laborious and tough and lonely, and people thought it was absolutely crazy, and they were right. <laughs> to say nothing of the mixing and mastering process, then thereafter. Um, well, Jesus, yeah, that's just a whole other like uh, ball game. Um, you think you've got something mixed, and then when it starts coming back from master, you start noticing more, don't you? And then it's just like you're into another few weeks per song. But yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's the nature of the game. Once the uphill struggle is done with cycles, uh, it released and did really quite well in terms of critical reception from the Irish blogosphere and media as well as a group of accompanying shows. Kind of, what are your thoughts on how it was received and, I suppose, the gigs that followed? Um, oh, well, the reception was great. Uh, the launch was amazing. It's like still, to this day, the best gig I'd say most of us have played. Um, but, uh, well, no, but it was just uh, awesome. Um, I guess people were unsure of us. We're, we're kind of outliers. We kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um and with this like finished product and didn't really go through the, the channels of Single slow, and singles, EP, EP and all, this, all that yeah. I think that might have been because we'd, um, we'd, we'd, we'd done that before and I suppose there's no harm I suppose in putting out a bigger release you know if it's there to go Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah people weren't sure what to make of us but generally the reception reception was good um, and uh, it's funny you know that you're seeing I think a lot of even like there's a lot more post-punk kind of stuff happening or kind of those kind of bands kind of doing well now which is kind of weird to watch like or whatever but uh, well as that kind of movement puts down roots naturally there are managers that are quick to identify a publishing gap yeah yeah, yeah. the international success of the genre uh, the likes of Idols and Sleaford Mods it kind of provides a handy publishing gap for you know certain quarters yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the music industry to see something and you know I suppose a rising tide lifts all boats hopefully mm-hmm. yeah well we'll see about that mm. but um, yeah no it's it's, it's definitely uh, thriving anyway kind of it's thriving where it needs to thrive and that's a yeah. DIY um, yeah. scene for it which we'll talk about in a little bit but first we're going to head back to some more tunes 
you've chosen for us possibly one of the exemplars of the DIY mindset in Irish music over the last 10 to 15 years with O Emperor and Girl taken from their final album Jason uh, which in the band's death is also their only choice music prize winning uh, album talk to us a little bit I suppose about that particular cosmic happening well I actually like that album I think is just absolutely stunning like it's got everything it's kind of like a band that know how to do everything and not caring do you know what I mean and just like we're just going to do it all um, it's got so much fun in it um, and then like this song Girl I think it's just absolutely beautiful like it's, it's, it's a stunning tune like when people ask you like oh uh, if you could have written a song or whatever like that's definitely one of them it's just an absolute stunner and um, when the pianos kick in like later on in the song it's just like it's melting like but um, you're not the first person that said if I could write a tune it would be something like O Emperor came yeah, out with as well yeah no like that that album like I was always like, like their stuff or whatever but when that album came out first I was like this is it this is this is this is what they've been building towards yeah. their whole time like this is what they're about and uh, I remember being blown away by Make It Rain yeah, yeah like as in if you asked me to put together a few songs there like yeah. I, I could have put three or four off that album alone like a couple of just, people have tried yeah, yeah 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 like I'd say everyone just wants to either open with or close with make it rain because it's just such a tune like it is a bop you also have God Alone with Dagda another recording in which Roland McCann had a hand oh yeah very very different to uh, the previous song um, yeah so uh our bassist Ronan um, has recorded a lot of, of um, God Alone stuff and they're just a force like uh, I've seen them a few times live and I'm like wow like if you could bottle whatever energy this is like they'd be very wealthy young men um, like good luck to them they're, they're insane and I'm like what are they doing their leaving cert or something I think Jake just finished his leaving cert now yeah no they're incredible and I just I'm sure they'll go on to like massive things and uh, yeah best of luck to them um, they're a serious operation they really are and we'll hear from them momentarily but first this is O Emperor with Girl here on Red on Red Together is a love affair. Bows tear a page out, stick you in it. 
God Alone with Dogda, taken from their Paul Namron LP, available now across all streaming services. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, and we're still joined in studio by Oshin Deneen, publishing magnate of the Cork post-punk <laughs> scene and frontman of Annie Joy. Before the jump, we were talking a little bit about the creative process behind your debut LP, Cycles, available now also across all the streaming services, as well as on vinyl, actually. I'm clutching a copy in my hands, available from the fine vinyl vendors of this city, including Plugged and Bunker, yeah? Yep. As well as available for order online from anniejoy.bandcamp.com. Exactly. But it wouldn't be too much longer before you found your music back on wax again. Uh, in 2018, you were approached by the committee putting together the second edition of the Litany of Failures compilation. The first of which was a four-way split cassette between different DIY bands from around the country, including the likes of Shrug Life. For volume two, on which Annie Joy played after being approached by Stevie from The Thin Air to be a part of... Um, the compilation, which I'm holding in my hands right now and is available as a 2LP from Plugged Records, as well as other places, uh, contains four sides of post-punk, shoegaze, DIY I mean, pop. DIY is a main thing with that one, I think. Yeah. Like, um, I think when they were picking the bands, um, it was really guys with the DIY um, ethic going on that they that they favoured or whatever. Mm. So um, it's kind of like, kind of showcasing, I guess, like what is going on across the country with DIY bands what was the process of working with the lads they were putting it together um, brilliant like they, they were almost like uh, encouraging you to put something out that was like unpolished do you know what I mean just kind of gritty like a demo or something that was it had to be unreleased obviously mm. um, so anything that you might have been working on even a live session or, or, or whatever would have done but I think most bands put forward something a bit more polished than a, than a kind of a phone recording anyway did, so, and did soccer come together kind of bang bang or was it something you had in the uh, I think I kind of once the lads contacted me I kind of um, like tested myself just kind of starting from scratch like email came in can you do a song for this and I was like alright right. and we kind of just built it up from there kind of came out of nowhere um, but uh, yeah no it's good turned out good the the corresponding sets of shows happened at different cities you know according to the different hometowns of the bands. Uh, in total, there was four or five different, like, big DIY gigs under the A Litany of Failures name, uh, including a big enough old show at The Roundy, um, yeah. featuring yourselves. Uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about that gig and how that all came together and what that kind of meeting of the minds was like. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, uh, it was us, um, the Sunshine Factory, and who were also on the record, and a band called Nerves, who were on it too and um, it was just one of those cool uh, nights upstairs in the roundy like just like minded people in there watching some pretty gritty guitar music or kind of indie bands DIY kind of sound and uh, yeah it was deadly sold a few records and um, yeah there was a definitely a sense of community kind of I suppose brought together through that record like so it was it was pretty cool it's lovely that you mentioned community, uh, because that is what's happening right around the country when you look at DIY musical efforts. But it's also an easy seg to ask my next question. You kind of look at the slew of related sounds around the country now, in that respect, to kind of fall under the rough DIY uh, umbrella, so to speak. Um, what's your take on where shambling DIY, you know, reverb-drenched guitar music is going and where it goes next? 
Um, I don't think it ever dies, does it? It just, no. it just stays there, it just keeps going. Um, new, younger people come up and they bring something interesting to it. Um, there's always going to be like slacker rock, indie rock, DIY, whatever you want to call it, post-punk. And there's always, like on that record there, the with 18 tracks in it, I mean, like there there isn't one sound going through it. It's just people being as creative as they can with whatever um, tools they have to hand. And uh, like the the future of it is is the same, if that makes any sense, isn't it? Just it just always exists. It's always important. Um, and like there's there's music, there's there's success, there's all that. Like it's just it's just so foreign to to the point of where you make music. Like you make music because you you need to express yourself, and your friends need to express themselves, and your community needs to have a place to express itself and, and that's why that music exists self-expression is success if yeah, you ask me there you go like that's it's, it's, that's it's, a more it's succinct way of putting it and it's that kind of mentality of which A Litany of Failures Volume 2 available now on Double LP from Plugged Records is a celebration of um, after the release of A Litany of Failures you then had a pair of new singles uh, The Fall and The Sea released toward the end of last year and early this Maybe talk to us a little bit about what was different about putting these tunes together this time around. Um, the recording process, the writing process, with the benefit of having had an album kind of put together and put out, and what kind of important, if any, it is of the band's future direction. Yeah, um, so, like, as you say, after having, like, a one release or whatever, like, the, the album or, or Cycles, the album was kind of, a lot of the work there was trying to get a sound of a, like a one one sound of a band and once we kind of had that sorted or whatever yeah the next releases you can be a bit more experimental so um we put out uh soccer was definitely a kind of a louder louder than anything that would have been on the the album or whatever and then uh the fall um was another kind of experiment and kind of almost more poppy sounding kind of psych uh, iterations of, of of the sound and then more recently we did a song called The Sea and again it's just each song that we're kind of putting out is, is a kind of a I suppose a development of kind of experimentation it's kind of trying to see how um, how much you can kind of build up the, these ideas or whatever so um, they're definitely an indication as to what's next um, like we've got, uh, I've got a, sitting on a good few demos now at the moment. Like so, um, they're, 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 the sound of those will definitely be informed by the last couple of releases. So, and that's going to be a removal from the, the the album. So, early on, we were talking about that session track that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, you said yourself that you kind of tape maybe about ninety minutes or so of material. Will any of that be kind of resurfacing in the run up? Yeah. So uh, the aim there was to do a, a live EP. Um, and then we kind of focused on the song Knife because like usually the process is I, I'll have a demo I'll bring it to the lads and then um, we'll get it roughly like the demo with their own flavour put in there but Knife was really kind of I think it was you could safely say it was pretty much written by the band um, it kind of I did a fairly rough demo and then we played with it so much live like that it kind of turned into something else like there's a kind of a pop song at the start there's a breakdown and there's like 
a three minute outro that's longer than the first two parts of the song. So um, that very much is is the kind of thing that happens when you're when you're playing in a room with people and you're just kind of um, in in the groove of it or whatever, and it just kind of elongates. Um, so. Uh, yeah, we did a, a live session for that. We did the video for it, and there was definitely a couple of other interesting takes on other songs. Like we did a different version of um, "Avert Your Eyes," which was the first single we put out on the album. We kind of did a kind of a crow rock version of that. It's kind of totally it sounds completely different to the original song, but it's it's just cool to play. So um, yeah, the, the aim with that is to kind of have a live EP coming out fairly soon because it's pretty much ready to go. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what the future has in store for Annie Joy. But first, you mentioned getting into grooves and kind of elongating ideas. The next two bands you've chosen for your playlist exemplify the very best of those creative impulses. You've got Fixity with Worldline, taken from the No Man Can Tell LP. Yeah, um, yeah, like Fixity, like uh, Dan Walsh, is, they're just, he's just on another level, really, in terms of um, improvisation and experimentation. And yeah, I just... I've seen that song a couple of times live and people just lose their rag to it like it's just a it's just a great uh, there's it's just, there's just nothing like it really is there it's just a, there isn't it's just chaos tamed that use of phrasing that dour post-punk repetition involved but you're like when you talk about people losing their shit when they hear it live if I live to be a hundred I'll never ever forget last year at the jazz their big gig at the poor relation we're at stage right like, do you know where the stairs up is to the stage in the Pura, mm-hmm. into the stairs? And we were by some kids that had come down for the jazz from BIM, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the music college up in Dublin. And they were talking about it and they were comparing notes and, oh, we went to the jazz and, you know, all this is, is, isn't it grand. And they were watching Fixity kind of unfail behind them and, like, their jaws slowly yeah, went yeah, more yeah. slack <laughs> as the first couple of songs went on. Like, is this dude gigging here constantly? Like, is he gigging here, like, yeah, yeah, every yeah, yeah. couple of weeks? Like, this is happening here constantly, and we're not no, we're not hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when they kicked into World Line, mm-hmm. just that familiar phrasing that we'd heard a couple of times at gigs. And the gobsmacking on one of their faces in particular, the boys literally grabbing each other by the shoulders and shaking each other yeah, by yeah, the shoulders yeah, yeah. like they found some hidden elixir yeah, yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... There that was a alone. serious energy in the room that night, though, because it was absolutely thronged. Like it was, it was the way I suppose our scene or our community might have finished the jazz, and it was the end of the jazz for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it was a Sunday, but like that caps it off. Yeah, no, it was awesome. You also have the bonk with monologue, more semi-improv action from uh, the kind of core Cork psychedelic rock scene. Yeah, are they Cork? There's enough of them Cork, from Waterford. Cork playing there, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, this song, Monologue, I think it's just really, um, it kind of reminds me of something off Low by Bowie or something. It's just a mm. lovely sense of instrumental tune. Um, but, yeah, no, they're, like, from the same kind of ilk as O Emperor and all that crew, like, the, the experimental stuff they do is just so engaging, interesting, like thrilling to hear and yeah I just love it like we'll hear from them momentarily but first this is Fixity with World Line here on Red on Red
The Bonk with Monologue here on Red on Red. And just before we finish up this episode of the podcast, Oshin, you've got a fairly busy festival slate ahead of you. You're playing Arcadian Field. There's a couple of things happening around the place. Bring us into what you're up to for the summer before this kind of live EP becomes a thing. Yeah, so uh, as you said, we're playing Arcadian Field in Dundalk on the 4th of August, which is the Sunday, I think. Um, so yeah, we're, we're gearing up to that and we've just uh, recorded a, a live EP. So we're finishing mixing that and we've got a few other songs that need to be finished to put out, um, hopefully by the end of the summer. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of where we're at, kind of busy recording at the moment. So yeah, any downtime to get to gigs? Anything that you kind of want to get to yourself? Um, I'm glad that I'm not going to be there on Friday night for Just Mustard in Cypress Avenue. Same. I have to work, which I'm very upset about. I thought it was the Sunday for some odd reason. It's Friday, right? Yeah, but I won't be able to make it for various reasons. On yeah, Friday. that, I that it was, was one that was majorly on my radar myself. anyway. Um, but yeah, like. What am I going to? Yeah, that was that was one of the more recent ones anyway that I'm pretty pissed about. Um, yeah, uh, went to see the the lads in um, the Donnelly tribute thing last week. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really lovely moment. The crowd beckoning Smelly to stage to play the stuff that was on <laughs> caught at the campus it was a fantastic moment to see, and that kind of. He like, really hits the drums as well, like doesn't he? Isn't he? It was he a very noticeable difference it. between him and uh, Ian, the lad who plays with them regularly. Mm. Um, it was cool, really cool, actually. They were really on top of their stuff. And we'll hear from None Attacks actually momentarily, but before we do, uh, I suppose any last kind of shout-outs or any plugs, etc. you want to get in? Uh, no, just, the, um, I guess, the uh, video we shot uh, last week is up on YouTube. Uh, the song's called Knife. Um, if you want to give that a look and a share if you're into sharing um, yeah I'm sure there are a great many people that are into sharing and they can find <laughs> any joy across their social media as well as up on YouTube and the streaming services that about wraps things up for this week's episode of Red on Red Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and Red Extra.ie Thank you very much to Oshin Deneen of Annie Joy for joining us this episode. Thanks a million, Mike. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other podcasting platforms. Please be sure to give us a positive review across your iTunes and Google Podcasts. Every good review helps us reach a wider audience and in turn spread the word of DIY music in Cork City. Subscribe to us in Spotify and make sure that you're among the first to get the podcast in your feed every Wednesday or whatever podcasting app that you're having yourself. Share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. We're talking a little bit about non-attacks and no sooner than we talk about the Donnelly show than Rika Sunfair uh, the last track of their side of the Cod at the Campus compilation which is also now available across streaming services so if you haven't had the chance to experience a bit of DIY Cork history please take the time to do so when you can uh, the lads really knocked Rika Sunfair out of the park twice they came back at the yeah, second yeah, yeah. time uh, after a call for an encore what a moment well it's just a beast of a tune isn't it mm-hmm. um, and just like the the air of it, you know, it's, it's just—it sounds like when it was made. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. absolutely love it. Um, the guy, the singer Tom from—is it Tom from yeah. Trumpets of Jericho? Um, he's amazing. Uh, he brilliant. nailed the Donnelly yodel. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they all they were just brilliant to watch. Like, um, Cypress Avenue so big now. I wasn't sure what the, the crowd was, but it was packed, yeah. right? It was awesome. On a Tuesday night as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a school night? Babysitters kind of at a premium? Yeah, no, um, they did very well. The point that I loved as well was um, Liam Heffernan getting to do his spiel from the, the start of um, the Bean Features track as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking off the microphones earlier about the lads wanting to do it again and to, to have the passion for it as well. And it was amazing to kind of see that settle in across the room as the light kind of wore on as well. Yeah, no, it's really encouraging to see people like just caring so much about it. Mm. You can see like when you're watching them that they're just absolutely loving it. They're all completely in it. like So, um, and still all just have absolute love for Donnelly and love for the music and love for you know playing it for people who are interested like it's just a really cool thing and it's proof that a love for independent music and weirdo tunes in Cork City can be a lifelong thing and on that note we're going to take you to the call of the campus recording of Rika Sunfair by Non Attacks this has been Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week
Red on Red.